Hi, this is Jim Hall. For me, music is a way of people, of personalities interacting, listening to one another, reflecting, and then uh, reacting in a, the best sense. I think it's the way humans get along, and uh, I think that should be a huge part of music. So it's not just somebody blabbing nonstop through the whole evening, but it's it's interacting with the other person or people. project for me on many, many levels. Of course, Jim is one of the major heroes for me on my instrument. I mean, you know, I always kind of cite three big ones in, in my personal development. Of course, Wes Montgomery has a very special place for me and is a, a major, major figure on many levels for me, not just as a guitar player, but as an improviser. Um, and Kenny Burrell also was huge for me, a big, big influence when I first started playing. And after a couple years, actually, I got hip to Jim. And he became just uh, an amazing sort of window into what was possible on the instrument, particularly just in terms of playing music on the instrument. Jim's thing was always about finding the best possible relationships in music between the, the comping and the soloing, between the bass and the drums. I mean, kind of everything about the way that he plays is ideal in a way that maybe no other guitar player until him had quite crystallized that way. And, and a few of his records, particularly the undercurrent record with Bill Evans and the records he made with Art Farmer and that uh, Art Farmer, Jim Hall quartet, um, and of course the stuff he did with Sonny Rollins and, and his own records too were all regulars on my uh, turntable and, and I spent a lot of time listening to Jim and of course he's been a huge influence on me and kind of everybody else of, of my generation in particular. Uh, I always say, you know, Jim kind of opened up a door that many of us, and in particular myself, John Schofield, Bill Frizzell, were often grouped together, we're kind of in the same age group. Somehow we're all connected to Jim, even though we all three sound very different from each other. But that, I think, is a real testament somehow to the kind of influence that Jim has had and continues to have. It's something that, uh, it's not like a thing like where there's some musicians, you hear them and you want to play like them. It's more that it opens up a set of possibilities that sort of allow you to find your own thing.
some particular things about the way Jim plays too that are that are pretty gigantic that I think has manifested itself in again John and and Bill and I having to do with touch and dynamics Jim sort of expanded the dynamic range of the instrument uh, in a way that had not quite been done before kind of by playing softer picking softer and therefore having a more of a dynamic range on the upper end and that is one specific thing that I think that uh John and Bill and I all kind of do that probably is directly connected to Jim. But kind of above and beyond everything, Jim is also one of the greatest people around. He's just an amazing, beautiful guy. Everybody that knows Jim loves him. He's just an incredible person. And I think it's his humanity and spirit and soul and everything that makes his music what it is. personal encounters with Jim began when I was quite young. I uh, was about 15 years old when I came to New York for the first time on a uh, on the invitation of my good friend Attila Zoller, who I had met. He was a teacher at a band camp that I was attending. And we went to see Jim every night playing duets with Ron Carter. And it was just amazing to hear that and to see and to witness that. It was a gig that I think is kind of legendary in a way. It was a place called The Guitar, which I believe was owned by Kenny Burrell on 10th Avenue in the 50s, for those people who know New York. And it was really not much more than uh, sort of a you know real narrow, thin space that had a little stage at the end that a guitar player and a bass player could set up on and, and, and play. And they had different guitar players each night. And during that week, I got to know Jim a little bit and his wife, Jane. And um, later on, when we uh, ran into each other, and I, by that time, had been making records and Jim had become aware of my thing, you know, he kind of put it together that that kid was me. And I had followed Pat's career, as I said, since he was really young. Uh, parenthetically, I remember I don't really listen to television very much or anything now, but uh, except records. But I was going through the, the TV channels with the sound off, and I saw this group playing that had a guitar on it, and I said, it kind of looks like a rock band. And I said, wait a minute, that guy can play, I can tell. So I turned the volume up, and it was Pat with a quartet. We've had a great association ever since then. And somewhere in about the mid or early 80s, he invited me to do a duet concert with him. And it was the first time we'd really played together um, at the City College of New York. It was incredible. We had a kind of instant 
hookup, an instant way of playing that was, uh, you know, certainly because I was very aware of his thing and kind of could come into his world and and all that. But beyond that, there was just a, we had a we had a, a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, it was a very successful gig. And a few years later, he had another. Uh, event that I participated in at Town Hall. And kind of all along the way, we talked about, well, we should do a project sometime, you know. And one of the interesting things about this record is that it's the first time either one of us had ever done a whole record of duets with another guitar player. I mean, you know, for me, that's significant. But for Jim, when you think about how long he's been around, that's that's particularly significant. You know, we've both played a tune here or there or a couple tunes on a concert with, with somebody or another. But I feel really honored in a way that uh, I was, you know, the first guy to really get that kind of... Uh, you know, treatment in a way from Jim, you know, the, the, the father of, of the whole deal in a lot of ways. And, and, and yet at the same time, it wasn't anything other than a natural extension of the rapport we had as players. Um, you know, I, I do think that that environment offered both of us a way into music that was unique, which is what you're always looking for when you're thinking about who you're going to play with. I like to have uh, at least had some experience hearing or being involved musically with the uh, with the person who's going to be the other part of the duet, and that usually uh, has a lot to do with what material you pick. If you're going to do a duet with Freddie Green, you better get your rhythm together, <laughs> and you know what that's going to sound like. And uh, Pat is unique in the in that sense, and I, I'd heard him play a lot, and I kind of knew what to expect and we uh, we agreed to do some of it in a studio and then we did part of it at the uh, Manchester Craftsman Guild down in Pittsburgh. So we recorded in the studio for a couple days, and then we went and did these couple live concerts in Pittsburgh. And then it was sort of a matter of, okay, what do we have? And I think I didn't really care what sort of wound up on the record, whether it was all live or whether it was all from the studio or whether they were two different records. Just kind of wanted to try to put together the most complete, accurate picture of what happened during that week that we hung out together and did all this recording. And it sort of wound up being about half and half, as I recall. And, you know, there were some tunes that we did in the studio that we also did live that came out much better live and vice versa. You know, a couple of the things were tunes, you know, of mine that he was not that familiar with that, you know, in the studio kind of gave him a chance to read through them and we could do two or three takes, which was uh, really good. And and vice versa. There was a tune of his that he brought in that, in fact, the first tune on the record that I wasn't that familiar with. And I, in fact, I think he might have written it for the record. Um, so, you know, we were able to do the kinds of things you do in a recording studio with 
with those and, and, you know, work on them a few times and then get a good take. Some of the other stuff, like All the Things You Are, those are the kind of tunes you do live and, and uh, you know, the, the kind of thing that you get into when there's an audience there contributes a whole bunch to, to what you wind up with. And I'm happy that it's this mix of all these different things. is that I use the amplifier in order to play softer. I feel like I can get a nice sound and maybe project out using the amplifier and get a, a soft sound and the volume really kind of fries me up. But uh, I'm a huge fan of silence, actually. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's one's personality creeps in there pretty strongly uh, in one's playing. And uh, my feeling musically, if I were a writer of words and, or poetry, you say something and then you let the audience consider it for a minute and then you continue with that thought rather than overwhelm the audience with a zillion notes, which I couldn't do anyway. Again, everybody's personality is, is different from everybody else, I assume. Pretty much different anyway. Pat and I, I think we did pretty well with that. We adjusted to each other. Also, he has a lot more hair than I do, but that's okay. It's not his fault. <laughs> Playing guitar duo, for me, is one of the most challenging things to do. It's difficult on a couple levels, but it's also great on a bunch of levels. The top level of interest is the sonorities that you can get with 
two similar instruments. And also the guitar is an instrument that kind of does go down into the bass range. So you've got a pretty full potential for accompaniment. And yet at the same time, really, there's almost nothing more boring than two guitar players. I don't know why that is, but it's a very difficult environment to sustain over you know, a long period of time. Some of that has to do with dynamics. I mean, you know, the guitar has some issues in that area that I think both Jim and I, in our different ways, have, have worked hard at transcending. Jim, with the basic touch thing that I described earlier of sort of playing softer so that he has this higher dynamic range uh, available that's just kind of part of his touch that, uh, you know, also is now sort of built into my thing as well. But also, you know, the thing of going to different textures, different types of guitars and that sort of thing seemed to be a really viable approach to this project. And I did uh, a bunch of stuff like that, playing on some different instruments. And, and also we, I think, put together a program that has quite a bit of variety in it. I mean, from things that were free improvisations to very structured tunes, different kinds of guitars, you know, different tempos. And, and, you know, I always felt that that record as a record from beginning to end had a nice uh, contour to it and a nice bunch of stuff. And I think, you know, we were both comfortable and in a way kind of on during those days, uh, particularly the live concert where most of the stuff comes from. I think we did two concerts and picked from both of them. Um, but it was a really, uh, it was a really nice set and um, kind of felt like we had a lot from that. I can't even remember actually now if we did the studio first and then the live thing. I think that's how it worked. So we were kind of familiar with each other having played in the studio for a couple days and then went and did that gig. So that was sort of at the end of our you know, run of you know, a week or whatever it was. So playing guitar duos has some challenges, but it's also got some incredible rewards. And I'm really happy that uh, for my kind of one and only guitar duet record, it's with Jim Holmes.